0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Bills fans, welcome to another episode of the Mafia Mavens podcast. A Buffalo Bills podcast from an all female perspective. I'm your host, Danielle, and I have my co host, Robin, with me. And today we have some really interesting things to talk about. But the first matter at hand is the Ravens game, obviously. So David went up against Goliath this past Sunday in Buffalo, and this time he didn't succeed. However, do you feel even though the offense performed poorly, that the Bills should still be considered a David to a team like Baltimore, who's considered a Goliath? Or do you think that they've moved up a bit and pretty much can hang with anyone and should be considered Giants themselves? What do you think, Robin? Well,
1: that's a loaded question per usual, but we like them that way. Actually, I think an argument can be made for both. The Bills are a David still, in my mind, because they haven't really gotten to the top of that mountain yet. That last hump they got to get over in terms of letting go of some of their past traumas, if you will. I think they're on their way. And they could be considered Goliath in the sense that if you look at that game they played against the Ravens, I think the Bills' defense, at least, is a Goliath. I think pretty much everybody around the league respects the Bills' defense at this point. So I think that they're a Goliath in that sense, don't you think?
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You're right that they're a little bit of both because they're a David. The rest of the league, especially the national media and even some of the local media, still look at the Bills from an underdog perspective. So- No matter who they play, it's always like, well, the Bills have a possibility to drop this game. Can they beat the big dogs? Can they hang with teams that are just average? Can they beat the teams that are not so great? And I think it's going to be like that for a while until we get some years of consistency where the Bills are always winning. But at the same time, you've seen it with the Patriots. You've seen it with Baltimore. You've seen it with almost every game that they've played this year. They've been in every game. They were able to hang with every single team that they played with, maybe minus the Eagles, who I think the weather and maybe a little bit of overlooking played a part in that game. But yeah, the offense wasn't that great during the Baltimore game, but they still had a shot at the very end to go in there and at least tie the game up against the best team in the league, in my opinion. And yeah, some people might say, well, you know, Baltimore aided that last drive with penalties. Why do you think they were committing those penalties? The defensive pass interference or the roughing the passer calls, things like that. It's because they were shook. They knew that the Bills are really good fourth quarter team. Josh Allen can go in there. He's a baller and he's a gamer. And even though he might've played poor most of the game, he can go and take that game from them. And they knew that and it was in their heads. So for me, I think that the Bills also should have a little bit of credibility as, like Jim Harbaugh said, one of the best teams in the league. And he's not being facetious when he says that. He's a straight shooter. He's not going to bullshit like Bill Belichick does with every team that he plays against. (laughs) I think that the Bills, you're right, are a little bit of David and a little bit of Goliath. And I think by next season, they're just going to be Goliath.
1: I agree. Next season is big, for sure. But the things that we learn this year as a team, you know, watching this team grow in this second year, yeah, they they're sort of the quote Cinderella. They're the David in the fact that most NFL fans from other cities don't really consider the bills until it's obvious in their face that they are a team to contend with. And now you see more and more writing coming from analysts, et cetera, that suggests that. You know what? You really don't want to play the Bills in the playoffs because they could be a team that could be disruptive. And we have yet to see the offense really go off and have a totally bang up day and be in control of a game. We've yet to see that part of the offense. It's not functioning at that level. There's reasons for that. You and I have talked about this aside for all the criticisms and rightfully so. I mean, I could go on forever about what Josh Allen did wrong in the Ravens game. He did not have a good game, but I think the wide receivers also bear some brunt of that as well as Dawson Knox and his dropsies, which he's going to have to start dealing with. But aside from all that, this is a team on the rise And if they start firing on all cylinders on offense, the defense is already in place. So if the offense can get their act together, and that's a big if at this point, as far as I'm concerned for this year, we'll see. But I do think that they're
0: definitely going to make noise. And I like that you called them a Cinderella team because at the beginning of the season, Adam Shine said that the Bills were his Cinderella team. And I think that's kind of where they're at. For me... I think that Bill's fans, their expectations are just too high. And I know that people will say, well, we should have high expectations. We should expect more from them. But here's the thing. The offense isn't a complete unit. It wasn't a complete unit at the beginning of the season, and it's not now. I still think that we need a true, big-bodied, number one wide receiver who can grab those contested balls and isn't afraid to fight for them. We have the speedy guys, we have the little Smurfs, we have Beasley, we have Brown, we need a big dude. And yeah, people will say, oh, well, Duke Williams, why is he always an actor? Because he's just not proven. And I think you mentioned this earlier when we were talking, Robin, that Duke Williams might be tall, but he's not necessarily big. He doesn't have the meat that we're talking about.
1: Right? Bring us the beef. I mean, come on. I want, as we were talking, a guy like Cortland Sutton of the Broncos. I want a guy like that for the Bills. Yes. Somebody who's really big in the body who can box people out and go after a football aggressively because that being does not exist on the Bills roster right now.
0: No. Or somebody like DK Metcalf. I salivate when I see him play. He's just Mm -hmm. incredible. And he has that build that you want in a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills right now. So for me, in general, I think that, you know, I know that Kyle Brandt had said, there's no such thing as moral victories but I tend to disagree with them a little bit because expectations coming into this season were, oh, the Bills are a five, six win team. I said they'd probably win maybe eight games and miss the playoffs. Well, here they are sitting at nine and four and it's a win and in scenario for the playoffs. And I think that they've overachieved a little bit, especially on offense where, let's be honest with the Ravens game here. The offensive line played like shit. He was hurried and sacked so many times. And yeah, I get that they blitzed constantly and brought the house on most of the plays. But the offensive line just didn't do a great job. And then you look at some of the deep balls. Allen definitely overthrew some of those players, some of those wide receivers, some of the tight ends. But when he's getting hit constantly and there's defenders in his face, that's a tough and tall order. The second thing is some of the receivers were either running the wrong routes on the one deep ball to Singletary. I saw him leap or stop a little bit too soon where if he would have kept running, he would have caught that ball. There were also a few balls that were placed perfectly in the hands of the receivers or like Dawson Knox, and they dropped it. So overall, it just was a horrible performance. And even Devin Singletary, he got off some like nice long runs, but there were plenty of times where him and Gore were both stuffed right at the line of scrimmage or behind it. So it just was an awful, awful day. And Dayball, I think, did a decent job, but there are some times where I didn't like some of the plays. So as a unit, I think that they failed. And punting, for me, was also a big issue. Most of the day, we had bad field position, where the Ravens started close to or in our territory for, it seemed like, all game. So those are two areas that we need to clean up. But again, it was against the best team in the NFL. So the fact that we We're able to play so poorly on offense and still be in it with our elite defense really says a lot about this team.
1: Absolutely. As we, you know, move along and get into talking about the Steelers, the defense is definitely a Goliath. Mm -hmm. It's top five, but it's also variable. The thing that I like about this defense is it doesn't look the same week to week. One week, we may blitz a lot. The next week, hardly at all. There's a different look depending on each opponent. And I think basically they do a very good job of being able to assess what the strengths are of their opposing offense and neutralize them. But as we've talked about in the past, the other thing that you can't really measure is the passion that they play with. And We saw that. We saw them play a very passionate game against the Ravens. The defense was, you know, they were out there for blood. And the offense, I think, while I agree with everything that you said about the failures that they had, the only thing I can really add is that the wide receivers really need to take better opportunities to go after the ball. And as you pointed out, you know, one little hesitation and then the ball is overthrown. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think we talked about Josh Allen. Was he jacked up? Yeah, he might have been jacked up. But I also think the receivers make very little effort compared to other wide receivers that I watch around the league in terms of being aggressive to go get the ball rather than allowing the ball to simply fall into their hands and not drop it.
0: Yep, I agree with that. That's why I think that still a priority for the Bills is a number one big-bodied wide receiver. Amen. And I think a lot of Bills fans would agree with that. <laughs> you know what? Another really cool thing that I wanted to add to that is about the defense. The last two weeks against Dallas and Baltimore, the Bills defense faced two of like the top offenses in the league, <laughs> and they still moved up in total defense to number two overall. Tell me that's not incredible. It is
1: incredible. and And that's the point at which we circle back to, as far as being
0: Goliath, they are on defense. Absolute Goliath absolutely. All right. So let's move on a little bit to the Steelers game. So, as far as the Steelers, history's kind of against the bills a little bit. And it's because of several reasons. The Steelers are wearing their color rush jerseys on Sunday night, and they're actually 5-0 and in their, their color rush jerseys. So there's that. Then, like you said earlier, the Bills haven't won a game in Pittsburgh since 1993, and that was a playoff game. The last regular season game that they've won in Pittsburgh was 1975, and the last bit of that is it's a primetime game. It's Sunday night football, and that's always been the Achilles heel for the Bills, Yes, the Bills went into Dallas and they took care of business, but that wasn't necessarily a night game. Night games feel a lot different than games that are played during the day. So what makes you think that the Bills can go in, despite all of these things that are against them, and beat this Pittsburgh Steelers team who's on a three-game winning streak? I think that's a tall order
1: for a lot of the reasons
0: that you mentioned in terms
1: of the Steelers' defense. I think a big key to this game is going to be josh allen being functional in his mind and not jacked up i'm a little concerned about an evening game from the standpoint that you have all day long for that stuff to just percolate in your brain and we always wonder about josh in the sense of being too jacked up at the start of games i didn't see much in the ravens game to indicate that he was overly jacked up so that i found that to be encouraging the overthrows and issues that he had throwing, I think were more a result of of being confused by the blitz. And that's something that he's going to need to work on during the off season. And that is, as we had talked about, the blueprint to beating the Bills is to blitz the heck out of them and make Josh Allen start to see ghosts. And it works. So why would anybody stop? I expect the dealers to probably try to do the same thing. However, I also think that The Bills' defense matches up really well with a quarterback they call Duck. (laughs) Quack. Quack. (laughs) Now, I know everybody wants to go crazy for Duck right now, but let's get real here. He's young. He's inexperienced. He can be had
0: by our defense if they're playing their game. Oh, he sure could. And the thing that I found interesting was in the month of November, the Steelers were averaging like just under one touchdown per game. It's not like there's some powerhouse offense like the Cowboys or like the Ravens. They have a third string quarterback who's young and they absolutely can be had. Now, I know Juju Smith-Schuster's back and James Conner's back, but they don't have any kind of rapport with Devlin yet. So I'm not super concerned about that. But on the other side of the ball, the Steelers' defense is... Again, one of the best defenses. We faced a lot of really good defenses this year, and I've said that before on prior podcasts. But the Steelers, they lead the league in sacks, they lead the league in quarterback hits, and they lead the league in takeaways. So Josh Allen and the offensive line, Josh Allen's really going to have to take care of the football. He does have fumbleitis, and that's a big issue. And again, I think it's because he doesn't sense the blitzes, and the Steelers are going to blitz, blitz, blitz. That's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So he needs to make sure that he's holding that football tight and he needs to try to be more aware of the defenders around him. That's going to be huge because they're obviously scoring more touchdowns on special teams and defense than they are on offense. It's going to be a tall order. However, the one positive thing that we have working for us is that Josh Allen and the team in general seems to learn from their mistakes. If they make a couple mistakes one game, they don't go into the next game making usually those same mistakes. And also, they haven't lost back-to-back games since last year. I do think that we have those things working for us, and Josh Allen also performs at a high level in really stressful situations. Look at Dallas. I don't think I'm overly concerned about the primetime night game. I don't care about history because this team really is all of three years old, in my opinion. And I think overall, the Bills really have a good shot, knowing that it's win and in, to take this game.
1: I think that's a really good point you made right there in terms of win and in. Make no mistake, the advantages to having that settled by beating the Steelers cannot be understated. It's really important for the Bills to clinch the playoff spot, clinch, I believe they clinch like the number five seed, if I'm not mistaken, if they win. Mm hmm. If that's the case, then uh, let's get to it, boys." Let's not pussyfoot around and wait and try to have to beat the Patriots and try to have to beat the Jets, blah, blah, a million different scenarios. No, go out, go about your business, win the game and come home victorious, knowing that you're going to be headed for the playoffs. I think that's a very important statement. There are a lot of things that this team has dispelled in terms of proving that they are not the same old Bills. This is what we want to see. This is a game where they can show us it's not the same old Bills. And I think they will. I have, you know, I'm more confident about this than I probably should be. But I do think that this team has a a sense of purpose and a focus that they haven't had in a very long time.
0: And it's funny that you say that about feeling confident because I myself have a very calming feeling about this Steelers game. I think... As I've spoken to quite a few fans who also feel the same way, even though the Steelers are, you know, eight and five and sitting on a three game winning streak and we have to go there to play a night game. Fans are in general feeling kind of pretty confident about this game, even with their great defense that the Steelers have. So I think that Sean McDermott's culture and process is also kind of spilling over to the fan base and it's a really good feeling. It's a really good feeling to not feel like we're going to go there and just get let down again and again and again.
1: That's an interesting point that you made. So you're telling me that Sean McDermott is processing the fan base as well.
0: I like it. I think he is. I think he totally is processing the fan base because most fans love him. Yeah, he does, you know, make some questionable decisions sometimes in game, but overall, he's changing the culture and it's not just with the team. It's the entire fan base and city and you know everyone that roots for the bills so it's it's a really cool feeling because not a lot of coaches can do that
1: really and he's beloved in buffalo no question about it in 3 short years look at what's happened And I would be remiss if I didn't throw in my wild babble about how important I think culture and team chemistry is. And just today, you can go online and look at Sean McDermott's press conference. And what was he talking about today in today's press conference? He was talking about team culture and chemistry. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think we're all being processed. Fan base, even reporters are being processed
0: Yeah, they are because I see them being more positive than they have in recent years. And here's the thing. If Sean McDermott gets this team to the playoffs, which I absolutely fully believe 100% that they will, it's win and in, and they're going to get it done one way or another. But that's two playoff years in three-year span. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal after missing the playoffs for what, 17 years?
1: 17 years and... It was looking very grim until Sean McDermott came along. Seriously, it was.
0: My thing is, if we make the playoffs again, Sean McDermott needs the keys to the city. I don't care. Oh, heck yeah. Because he's done it all. He's taken a bunch of cast-offs from other teams, and he's gotten them to play at such a high level and play for each other that, again, we're in playoff contention. That's a big deal.
1: It's a big deal.
0: (laughs) All right. Enough gushing over Sean McDermott. We need to talk about one more important thing that I think is affecting every fan of the NFL right now. What do you think? Hmm, what could that be? Hmm. Well, it has to do with the cheating New England Patriots. (laughs) Here's the deal. They had a film crew for one of their shows that they play on Patriots.com at the Browns and Bengals game in Cleveland. Apparently, they got permission from Cleveland to film this video, but they never got permission from the Bengals. So, when the Bengals found out, they weren't too happy because on this video is eight whole minutes filmed of the Bengals sideline, who, by the way, the New England Patriots play the Bengals this week. Now, if it's found that there are things on this video that can't be seen from the all 22 or from watching the game, what do you think? the penalty should be for this team that has a long history of cheating. I guess I have to divide that into
1: two different statements. What do I think should happen or what do I think will happen? Because with the NFL, it's very likely that, and again, I'm saying this, presuming that there are issues on the tape that lead us all to believe that they were cheating again, for which they have been fined notoriously in the past. I think this Patriots team should not be able to participate in the playoffs. That's what I think should happen. What I think will happen, probably nothing, maybe a fine. A lot of things swept under the rug. Plausible deniability is what I think will happen. The NFL will come out and with some carefully crafted statement, and they will be punished with a slap on the wrist fine, and everything will be hunky-dory.
0: Yeah, I think I'm actually with you there. I mean, we usually agree on most topics, which is kind of why we started the podcast to begin with, but in my opinion- I think that there is some malignancy going on there. And, you know, it's been said before that they have low level employees of the New England Patriots go in after a visiting team into their hotel rooms when they leave and they try to find anything that they can about that team, anything that's left behind. They've had them go into the locker rooms of the visiting team. You know, I've heard things like when they're an away team, the defenders would go into their locker rooms and the offensive playbook for the other team would be in their lockers. There's issues of, and now people have said, oh, well, a lot of teams do this, but scrambling the headsets or, you know, shutting them off at a certain time. So many things. And now the videotaping stuff for the second time, when is it going to end? It's not fair to the other teams. And it just makes me think of, for instance, the Patriots last year, you know, their defense was okay. I think that they lost players from last year to this year. And now suddenly they're the best defense in all of NFL history. Mm, that doesn't sit well with me the offense isn't great Brady's on the decline and they're still winning games I don't know things aren't adding up and I really think that the NFL needs to do more than just find the team which I think it was Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport reported that the NFL believes the New England Patriots but there's still going to be some kind of punishment most likely by the way of a fine I don't think that's good enough not for a wealthy team A fine, that's a slap on the wrist. That's saying you could keep doing what you're doing. We'll just find you money every now and then when we catch you doing it.
1: Well, it certainly suggests to me that they don't have any regard for the fact that this is more than the first-time offense. That's the thing that gets to me the most about the situation, because if they're videotaping signals again or trying to get some kind of competitive advantage that way, it just goes to show that they have no morals as a team and I I can't respect that you know I just can't respect it and I have talked with other people about numerous things regarding the integrity of the NFL over the years and this troubles me greatly because if it really is this team doing this kind of stuff again at what point does this become ridiculous in terms of being a habitual offender right I can't, you know, literally, it's enough to make me, and this is something the NFL should pay attention to. If they thought they had a problem when the Kaepernick situation came out, just wait and see what happens if this does blow up into something worse and they mishandle it, there will be another level of people who will walk away from the NFL, and that includes me. Because I'm the kind of fan you don't want to lose. Because if you lose me, you've lost your most ardent, passionate fans. And that's who I represent. I just don't know as a fan from another team. And yes, do I have sour grapes? Of course I do. But at the same time, why do we have to be the ones that are victimized by being in the same division with this ridiculous team that insists on playing all in on cheating and whatever it
0: takes to win? Yeah, I think that way, too, because, you know, and that's the thing. I've been an NFL fan since I was pretty much born, a Bills fan since I was born. But why do I want to watch the NFL when I know that most likely anybody that's going to play the Patriots is going to lose because maybe they're cheating? And the thing of it is, for me, people were saying, oh, well, you know, it's just against the Bengals. Why would they need help against the Bengals? Well, there's two points to that. The first point is, it doesn't mean that it was only the Bengals that they were doing it to. It just means that that's the game that they got caught doing it. So they could have been doing it all season. We have no idea. The second point I have to that is, I think that the Patriots are actually scared that the Bills will take the AFC East. And it's not so far fetched to believe so. I think the Patriots have to lose to Miami and they would have to lose to the Bills in order to do that. And really, The way the Bills are playing, there's a chance that the Bills win the last three games. I could see that happening. It's not far fetched. So I think that they're scrambling right now and trying to get any advantage they can to make sure that that doesn't happen because they have won the AFC East for how many years in a row? It feels like forever.
1: For real. And, you know, I don't know. I try not to be a conspiracy theorist because it's not my cup of tea generally. But I have thought for an awfully long time that the patriots have not stopped whatever they're doing to gain competitive advantage particularly at Gillette Stadium their home record is ridiculous and i get that they're a dynasty whatever but if it can be shown that this team had repeatedly disregarded the rules and basically disrespected the shield as the nfl would like to call it that's despicable and i i have to wonder and let me ask you this When are the rest
0: of the owners going to get sick and tired of this crap? (laughs) That was actually my next question to you. What do we do with Robert Kraft? Because he's clearly allowing this shit to happen. It
1: definitely makes you wonder. And at some point, there needs to be some sort of camaraderie formed among the owners who really are concerned about where this is leading in terms of the integrity of the game. Because to me, that's what's at stake. It's bad enough now, you know, that there's legalized gambling. And I don't want to get into a big discussion about that. I don't care what people do. But I do worry about the purity of the game when money is on the line. And that's enough of an issue for me to question what is the integrity of the NFL all about. And then you throw in this crap. And then on top of it, all the bad officiating, I mean, you get to the point, at least I do, as a longtime, lifelong Buffalo Bills fan from day one, I could get to the point where I could walk away from this and find something else to do with my time. I think it's starting to
0: feel like that for a lot of people. And to your point, too, with the gambling thing, there are those people out there, the sector of people who believe that Vegas controls the NFL. And- Sometimes I think that could be true. I mean, look at the Bills game. They came in with plus six and a half at the Ravens or against the Ravens, and they lost by seven. A lot of people with the way the Bills have been playing, especially coming off a win like that in Dallas on Thanksgiving, probably put money on the Bills. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the figures and stats, but I would guess that they would have because that's kind of a lot of points at home to have. And then they would have lost by half a point. So, you know. It does get the wheels turning in your head a little bit. Like, where is this game headed? What is going on? Why isn't the NFL taking a bigger stand against issues like this? Why is Kraft still an owner in the NFL after he allows cheating consistently? So I agree with you. And I think one day it's going to blow up in their faces and it's not going to be good. I agree. All right. Let's wrap that up because that's just a negative issue. And I think we need to do something a little more fun. And fun means our giveaway. So this week, we were giving away a signed 8x10 of legend Stevie Johnson. I love him. And he actually even liked our tweet that we put out about giving away a signed 8x10 of him, which I absolutely adore. Yay, Stevie. Yay, Stevie. This week's winner of the Stevie Johnson picture is Megatron. And that's at Meg, M-E-G-K-0-Z. So congratulations to you. Please get with Jim Ruther for the picture. And we hope you really enjoy it. Make sure you post pictures of when you have it up. Next week's giveaway, we're not sure what that is yet. I'm going to have to get with Jim. But when we put the pin tweet up tonight or tomorrow morning, make sure you're following us at the Mafia Mavens. Make sure you're following Jim Ruther at Jimmy JimmyRue81. And this time, I think we might do something a little bit different for the giveaway. So stay tuned for those details. Yeah. As always, Bills fans, thank you so much for listening and go Bills.